Amen. Again, good morning, church. Um, it's uh, certainly an honor and a pleasure um, to uh, deliver a message from God's Word this morning. I want to start off by reading a short passage of Scripture from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Um, if you have a, again, if you have a Bible in front of you, again, we'll be reading from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, starting at verse number one. Paul, in his letter to the church at Thessalonica, he says this, Again, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, and so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of conspicience, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because the because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. So we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath, for God hath not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Um, beautiful, uh, a beautiful exhortation there. Um, here again in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 7. And... The <clears throat> as you read as as we read through this particular passage, um, you know one can one can think well why did uh, Paul have to write this this particular note uh, this particular passage to the third uh, the church at Thessalonica what was going on um, at that congregation that would have necessitated him to talk about uh, the will of God um, and what that will entails. Well, um, Thessalonica, as most of the uh, congregations uh, of the Church of Christ uh, that were in this area, were comprised of, of Jews and Gentiles. And in this particular instance, <clears throat> he was speaking to the entire congregation, even the Gentiles, but used the the ways of the world or the ways of the Gentiles to highlight the difference between um, the code of conduct um, between the world and members of the body of Christ. It's very interesting that he says in verses uh, three through the uh, three through seven in describing the will of God that it is God's will for each and every one of us to use our bodies in a manner that is. Uh, as, as we've said a number of times already in, in this service, that's pleasing in his sight. He wants each and every one of us to use our bodies as a, a vessel of sanctification and honor, as it says in verse number four, and, and uh, more so in verse number seven, that God has not called us unto uncleanness, but to holiness. And that's somewhat lost on uh, the world today, um, we think that uh, our bodies are, are meant to, uh, to be used um, in a manner that um, suits us and suits us alone. I, 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 can, I can hear people who would say, well, 
you know, my body is, is my own. I'm, I'm a creature just like all other creatures. Um, my body has, uh, has needs as all creatures have needs. You know, my body has a need to eat. My body has a need to sleep. My body has a need for um, social interaction. My body has a need to, to procreate um, just as any other body on the planet. Um, but we are a different body. Um, when we went down into that water grave of baptism, as the book of Romans says, we were freed from sin and death. Um, we became new creatures in Christ Jesus. Um, Romans, the, the 12th chapter and, and verse number one and two, and I read this uh, last Lord's Day as well. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we went down in that water grave of baptism, we, we, we became different. Um, we are different as a result. Um, the scripture tells us even further on in the book of Romans that there are two types of, of bodies. There's a celestial body and a terrestrial. Um, which one are we? Well, those of us who live after the will of God, um, we are a part of the celestial body and not the terrestrial. <clears throat> and if you think about, again, what uh, Paul wrote uh, to the uh, church at Thessalonica here in this fourth chapter, what he is, in essence, talking about is that um, we have to pattern our bodies and our lives and the things that we do with our, our bodies and our lives. Um, again, if you remember last Lord's Day, we talked about personal conduct um, in a manner <clears throat> that is befitting the will of God. And I want to, um, as we discuss this uh, topic uh, or as we go through the Word of God and, and look at this topic, I want to... Um, use the um, Proverbs, the 31st chapter, where it talks about the, um, the virtuous woman as, con as, a, as a template for what God is looking for uh, or the type of body or the proper use of the body that God is looking for. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn over there <clears throat> to uh, Proverbs, the 31st chapter. And we will take a look at a, uh, a few verses there. Um, <clears throat> in uh, Proverbs, the 31st chapter, it says in verse number 10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband do it safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. 
with the fruit of her hand she planted she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold it and hold the boy, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she re- reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow of her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself uh, coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and giveth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in a time to come. So if you look at all of the, the various aspects of the, the virtuous woman, you can see here again that uh, she um, is someone who is trustworthy. Um, she will not uh, take the possession of her husband and use it in a manner um, that he would not like it to be used. She seeks out things that are of are benefit or profit, not necessarily for herself, but certainly for her family. If she sees an opportunity um, to provide for her family, uh, she doesn't waste it. She takes an opportunity and she grabs it. Uh, And as it says in verse number 16, she sees a field, she buys it, and she immediately plants uh, fruit um, in that field. Um, Why would she do that? Um, Because she knows that the fruit of her labor um, will be praiseworthy. And not praiseworthy for herself, but praiseworthy not just for her, but her entire family. It goes on to say that uh, she is not lazy. Um, 18 and and 19, she she perceives that um, she can do good or that she can make things that are worthy of being sold. So what does she do? She goes out and she lays her hand to the spindle. It says that she's um, very giving with her money and with her time. Um, She's very hospitable. She's compassionate. She feeds the poor. It says that uh, in verse number 21 that she's not afraid of the snow of her household um, because all of her household are clothed with scarlet. They're warm. They're comfortable. Uh, She keeps a beautiful home. And because she does all of these things with her time, um, she does not spoil her body. She's a chaste woman, obviously. It says in verse number 23 that her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, she makes fine linen and selleth it. But ultimately, in verse number 25, strength and honor are things that she decides to clothe herself with. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, this this word honor for a second and and what does it mean? Um, If you were to look it up in in the dictionary, um, what you'll find is that honor is uh, a synonym for honor is respect. Um, a synonym for honor is to um, is to be held in high regard. And if you have your Bibles, 
Let's take a look at uh, 2 Corinthians. And if you'll give me a moment, I'll turn over there. 2 Corinthians. Um, and uh, chapter 6. In 2 Corinthians, and we'll be looking at a couple of verses uh, to kind of put some context to um, this, this word honor. Um, in 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and we'll start reading at, uh, at uh, let's start reading at verse number 1, because I can't find a, a better place to start other than there. Um, Paul, in, in giving an account for all the things he has done for uh, the work of the ministry of God. He says in verse number one, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that, you receive, that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Give me no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions and necessities and distresses and stripes, in imprisonments and tumults and labors, in watchings and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of the truth, by the power of God by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil rapport and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things." One other definition of of honor is not necessarily um, uh, having much or being in a position of power or even being praiseworthy. Um, but being honorable means that you are living your life in a manner <clears throat> that you are patterning your life after a lifestyle or a a um, a what's the word I'm looking for, a, or a practice of honor. And I know I'm not saying that absolutely the way it's, it's coming up in my brain, but there is, as you can see here in this um, particular passage, as Paul is talking about um, how he lived his life in his ministry, you can see here that all of the things that he did were patterned after the life and times of Jesus Christ. Um, as a minister of God, he put himself in all of these various positions not to, um, not to receive praise or not to be thought as honorable, but to live an honorable life after the pattern of his Lord and Savior. You can see all of the different things that Christ, uh, that Christ went through in these very words here. Um, you know, as, as, Paul, as Paul has said many times, that... Uh, all of the things that he suffered through was for the cause of Christ. Um, and it's the cause, um, the honorable cause, 
that we must all kind of pattern our lives after that we all should uh, look to clothe ourselves with. Uh, this, this also becomes a little clearer if you have your Bibles, turn over to um, where is it here? I want to say it's in First Timothy. If you have your Bibles, turn over there. First Timothy. Uh, the sixth chapter. second here first Timothy the fourth chapter my apologies and first Timothy the fourth chapter starting at uh, verse number six uh, again as it uh, as Paul was alluding to as being a good minister of God or of Jesus Christ he says, in first, first Timothy, the fourth chapter, starting at verse number six, it says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For godly, for excuse me, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For if therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe." These things command and teach. And as uh, Paul is telling Timothy again, um, as he has told us in the scripture that we just read in First First uh, Thessalonians, the fourth chapter at the very beginning of this lesson, um, that there are some things that we should not do. Uh, we cannot give ourselves over to uh, the ways of the world. And the things, the, the profane and old wise fables that we hear around us, we can't give ourselves over to focusing on um, making our bodies look good, but rather strengthening our bodies by focusing on godly things. Um, as it says that um, we should not exercise, we shouldn't bodily exercise profiteth little, but exercising our body towards godliness profiteth us unto all things. Um, and what things do we get out of, uh, out of exercising our body towards spiritual matters? We get the promise of the life that now is and which is to come, as we just read here in First Timothy, the fourth chapter. I want to uh, go back to uh, Proverbs, the 31st chapter, real quick, 
And uh, I'm only going to read a few more verses and I'll be done. Um, but uh, in the 29th verse of Proverbs, the 31st chapter, uh, the proverb writer says, Many daughters have done virtuously, uh, but thou have excelled them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her at the gates. Um, there's a, a sentence that uh, is at the top or beginning of verse number 30 about favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Um, what is favor? Um, favor is, um, is my study Bible <laughs> says charm. Um, but, uh, you know, favor is what people give you. Um, the praise that others bestow upon you. Um, if you're a popular person, um, if you have a million Twitter followers, um, in essence, a million people have given you favor or given you likes, um, if, if I can put it in 21st century terms. Um, and we all know what beauty is. Um, beauty is um, not necessarily in the eyes of the beholder, um, but it's also, you know, uh, well, I guess that goes without saying um, beauty is within the eyes of the beholder. You know, I can look at something um, beautiful. You know, I can look at my kids who look like me and say they're beautiful, but then look at my own reflection and say, ah, eh, not so much. Um, so beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, but the favor that we get and the uh, the beauty, or excuse me, the favor that we bestow and the beauty that we put our eyes upon um, is no, is is superficial. Um, it has no use. Um, but a woman, or a man, or a person in general um, that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Um, but where does that praise come from? Does that come? Does that praise come from God? Does that praise come from the world? Does that praise come from the members of their family? Um, in verse number thirty-one, it says. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And <clears throat> what I gather from that verse in light of the question that I just posed is that praise, the praise that we want, um, the praise that we can um, certainly want God's praise, uh, but the praise that, uh, that is spoken of here in Proverbs, the 31st chapter, is the praise that we get from our countrymen, from our neighbors, from our family, from others. Um, and I want to kind of highlight this by looking at the, uh, the account of Esther. And I'm not going to go through the entire book. We're not going to read through the entire book of Esther. But if you have your Bibles, turn over to the book of Esther. And I want to kind of highlight uh, a couple things um, as it pertains to allowing just doing good things and allowing the, the fruit of your goodness to um, be, the, be the object of the praise that others will bestow upon you. Um, in Esther, the first chapter, and, I, and I'll just quickly go through this because I know we're short on time. Um, the, uh, the Jewish, the Hebrews... Um, are under uh, bondage, as they've been under bondage numerous times by the time we get into the book of Esther. But 
um, King Ahasuerus, um, who is the, the king of the Persians and the Medes, um, has done what the Babylonians will later do, which is to take the best of all of the, uh, the, the nations that they've conquered back to their homeland. Um, and one of the things that he took back with him were all of the, um, the, the beautiful people, um, all of the wise and smart people. And one of those turned out to be Esther and Mordecai. Um, the King Ahasuerus had a queen. His, um, her name was Vashti. And Vashti was a, an extremely beautiful woman. Um, in the first chapter of the book of Esther, it says that uh, um, that she was uh, one of his most prized possessions. Um, in verse number 11, it says that Vashti um, was, a, uh, was very fair to, or was fair to look on. Um, but even though she was beautiful, even though she was the queen, she lost favor and honor and praise in the eyes of the king um, because the fruits of her labor did not praise her or did not bring her praise. Um, she did not want to obey the king and so forth. Um, and because of that, uh, the king removed her queenship from her and sent a letter to all of the, king, uh, all of the provinces looking for uh, another woman that he could call his queen and take the place of Vashti. Um, this letter went round about, um, and uh, thus, as it says in chapter 2, that a certain Jew, um, whose name was Mordecai, um, reflected upon his uncle's daughter, and her name was Esther. Now, it was important that uh, um, at this time that uh, Esther and Mordecai not present themselves as being Jews. Um, so she was brought before the king. Um, she uh, did a wonderful job in presenting herself as a woman of virtuousness. And as a result, um, Esther was made queen of the uh of the nation of the, the Perds and the Medes. Um, going further on, um, there was a, in chapter three, there was a man by the name of Haman, um, who was not, uh, who thought of Mordecai as his uh, primary rival um, in the king's court. Um, no, Haman, knowing that, uh, um, that Mordecai was in fact a Jew, went about to set, establish a, a scheme to which um, not only Mordecai would be killed, but all of the Jews would be killed. Um, Esther being a Jew and Mordecai being uh, one of her family members, Mordecai went to Esther and said, Hey, um, you're the queen and you have the king's ear. Um, it's important in order to save our people that you go to the king and ask him to reverse this law um, that was established uh, by Haman to kill all of the Jews um, in, a, in a short time. I believe it was like 30 days. All of the uh, provinces that were under the king's um, rule would be allowed to 
killed the Jews, kill people for money and bring the heads of the Jews, the scalps of the Jews back to the king and they would be in turn given money um, for killing other human beings. Um, so this, this whole concept of genocide is uh, um, not, a, not a very new, certainly not a new invention. But be that as it may, um, Esther in chapter 7 um, went back to the king. She set up a feast. Um, she pleaded with the king, made known unto the king um, what, um, who she was and what she was, that she was a Jew. She sacrificed everything that she had. Um, she sacrificed her, her position as queen in order to save her people. In chapter 8, we can read in the book of Esther that uh, um, the king was unable to reverse his decree, but allowed the Jews to bear arms and protect themselves. And it says in uh, Esther, the 8th chapter and the ninth chapter, if you have a study Bible, you can read through it and, and see the headlines there, that um, because of Esther's um, work of self-sacrifice, in every way she was virtuous, in every way she took an opportunity um, to provide for um, her friends and her family and her countrymen. The Jews were able to take up arms and protect themselves against those who, would, um, who had the intent to commit genocide. Haman and all of Haman's ten sons were hanged from a tree, and his lineage was exterminated as a result of uh, his unrighteousness. The latter part of Esther chapter 9, we read of the institution of the Feast of Purim. And it was appointed um, the, the Jews throughout the, the land uh, appointed a day of Purim where they would, um, and, and, and I want to read this, I don't want to paraphrase it, but um, if you have your Bibles again, look at uh, Esther, the, the ninth chapter. It says, uh, starting in uh, verse number 23, And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, as Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agat... Ag I always miss this one up. Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, and had devised against the Jews to destroy them, and had cast purr, that is, the lot, to consume them and destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he's devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore they called these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all which was joined uh, and upon all as such, excuse me, and upon, and upon all such as joined themselves unto them. So as it, it, so as it should not fail that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year. 
and that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, every city, and that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them should perish from their seed. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihel and Mordecai, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. And this letter was sent throughout all of the, the 27 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus. Um, and it says to confirm these days of Purim in these times appointed, according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of the fastings of their cry, and the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it is written in the book. But what is interesting here is that Esther and Mordecai, the fruits of her work, did in fact praise her at the gates. Um, this institution of Purim, these two days of fastings, which from what I understand that the Jews still um, do to this day, they reflect upon the, the love and self-sacrifice, the, the, the righteous personal conduct, the, um, the, the godliness, if you will, that comes through a love of self-sacrifice. Um, that was manifested in what Esther and Mordecai did for every single Jew, in, in essence, saving all of their lives during um, this time. So I go back to, just to, just to conclude, back to First uh, Thessalonians, the, uh, the fourth chapter. Again, reading in verse number three, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. What is fornication? Fornication is a sexually immoral act. Um, and why would anyone do a sexually immoral act if not to um, fulfill some desire that they have to do it? It goes on to say that every one of us should know how to possess our vessels in a matter of sanctification and honor. And that's what Esther did. She didn't give herself over to the needs of her own body, but gave herself over to the needs of others. She was virtuous in every single way. Even though she was beautiful, the scripture says in the book of Esther that she was extremely beautiful. As a matter of fact, as soon as King Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus saw her, he was smitten by her beauty in the way that she carried um, herself. But she didn't rest on that. She made herself of low estate and begged for the life of her people. God hath not called us to uncleanness, but he's called us unto holiness. And what is the... What is the, the Greatest example of holiness that can be found in the scripture. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
the book of Hebrews says that uh, Jesus is the uh, the perfect sacrifice um, because he is the holiest. He lived a life without sin. He was always looking unto the needs of others. So the lesson is yours this morning as we uh, talk about giving our bodies or using our bodies as vessels of sanctification and honor. As you go into this upcoming week, there's certainly going to be plenty of opportunities to show and prove that. Um, certainly Satan will always give us opportunities uh, through the temptations of our flesh to fall from fall from grace, but um, we have to stay true to uh, what God has commanded all of us to do, and we have to stay true to who we are. We are ministers of God, and every minister of God must must do <coughs> uh, must do that. My wife is looking at me, telling me to wrap it up. So I'll finish this up by saying, um, if you are here this morning and uh, you've not been giving your uh, using your body as a vessel of sanctification and honor, if you have been looking for the praise of others. If you have been putting all of your uh, eggs into the basket of your own beauty or your own vanity, if you're simply looking for friendship and, and Twitter likes or the favor of others, you will fall short. Um, because there are two types of vessels, there are two types of bodies. There is a terrestrial and a celestial. The celestial bodies are solely focused on serving the celestial being, the Almighty God. So the lesson is yours. If you have an urgent need to do so, please come forward or speak up. I'll give you the floor after we sing the song of MT.